after nine months, I think, I got fired. And it's, wow. it was, you know, they kick you off. You were totally anxious. They kick you off. And then I was, oh, no, it's, it's not a great start of the career. But then a couple of, uh, after a couple of months, I started my first company. Growing your business is tough, but don't worry. We've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Thanks for joining us on the How We Solve podcast. Today we have Matitz, a serial entrepreneur that has co-founded a variety of SaaS companies and an expert in customer experience. Welcome Matitz, really excited to have you here with us today. Hey GQ, thank you for inviting me. Yep, very happy to have you on the show. I remember the first time that we ever got in touch, or at least like the most recent thoughts I could think about was that when we were working uh, together on this, uh, I think a blockchain or fintech company, I think it was called Zero X Cert, and uh, I think you were the advisor for customer experience back then. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> okay, so that's when we hired you guys to get uh, uh, our support in, in order. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, we, okay. I think that was during the ICO part, so that was, that was really interesting. Oh, wh- whatever happened with that? Like, because I know the ICO was pretty successful. Like, how, how did that go on with uh, Zero X Cert after that? They are still alive and kicking, so um, I think they are doing pretty good. All right, nice. Because because they had you there, they had you as an advisor. That's why. So customer experience <laughs> is definitely all, all ace and good. Well, so you I know, mean, on they, yeah, go ahead, please. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. No, I, I just want to say they're launching um, you know new new products, new features every every month. So um, I think they're one of the the good guys in the um, crypto industry. So which is which is great. And wow, okay. Yeah, because I because I remember like I think one of your team members they uh, flew out to Asia quite a bit. There was uh, I can't remember what's his name, but the guy speaks like like many languages, like a polyglot guy. He speaks like Chinese. He speaks like I don't know what. Damn, I can't remember his name. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, it's, it's really good to hear that they're doing really well because I, I think like the last time we spoke was like almost a year ago. So it's pretty. It's been a crazy time. Um, but yeah, look, I, I'm really curious. You know, like a lot of our listeners there, they're going to be listening to this podcast to kind of find out, you know, learning more about the different solutions that they could possibly use for the challenges or problems that they face. So if you don't mind, maybe you could share a little bit of uh, your background, you know, how you came to becoming like a serial entrepreneur that you are today, you know, from the start till now, if you like. Yeah. Okay. So briefly, my, my, my background is in, it's not in uh, engineering. It's not in, uh, it's not in business and it's not in economy. I was actually studying civil engineering for seven years. So I was lousy student and then um, I was involved in, um, a lot of projects during college. So um, we were traveling a lot, meeting students in the in USA, so no, these exchange student programs. And then I got a job, I think it was more than 10 years ago, I got a job in the in the big corporation. And for me, it was, this is the success. This That's that's it now. Now you are a successful, I don't know, economist or a business guy. And after two months, I just noticed I'm just become the, the corporate slave. At the time, my mother, my mother asked me, do you need uh, uh, sleeping pills? Are you okay? Because, you know, I was nervous, anxious. It's, it was a disaster. And after nine months, I think, I got fired. And it's, wow. it was, you know, they kick you off. You were totally anxious. They kick you off. And then I was, oh, no, it's, it's not a great start of the career. But then a couple of, uh, after a couple of months, 
I started my first company, which was a failure, of course, at 22, 23. So, uh, yeah, we, we didn't have a clue how to build a team, how to build a product. Uh, we just want, we have an idea. We wanted to raise the money, so, which is funny if you, if you think it that way. Uh, but yeah, we were young, no, no experience. So I joined, um, first I joined XYC company, Bobio Labs. So at that time I went to the tech space, let's say. And after that I joined Codable, which is, um, number one WordPress outsourcing company. So they, they outsource your WordPress developers for small geeks to, to big projects. And this was the, my proper, let's say, tech startup world uh, experience. So I was in charge of marketing. Uh, you can call it head of marketing, head of growth, whatever. But, you know, I was basically writing copies and sending out emails and doing the affiliates. And I was learning how to build affiliate program and how to play with Google ads, Facebook ads, so all the marketing channels. And, and at that time, the, the CEO pair, um, he did, I think more than 50% of his time on uh, support. And of course we all have to do the support. And I was, ah, why, why do I have to do the support? I'm not the support guy. You know, I, I, I want to do business. I want to do marketing. And he was, yeah, but you have to talk with your customers. You have to have a sense where, where are the problems? What are they eating? What are they doing? I mean, what are they thinking? You have to get as close as possible to, to know their pains and maybe to predict, uh, how will, will they react? And that was the first point in, in my, my tech career, let's say, um, mm-hmm. and I start thinking, okay, your support is really important. It's not just, it's part of the, of the, um, the whole process. So at one time I was in, so a year later, I was in, in Paris for a dinner with Vasil and, um, Emery Carnot, my, my future mentor. And we were talking again about support. And, and he mentioned that his brother has a um, small idea about how can we solve, you know, this bringing the articles from FAQs to write to your page inside the app. And I said, yeah, this is exactly what, what I was thinking and can we somehow collaborate? Long story short, after four years, we built a company, I mean, build a product, find the product market fit, find the customers, successfully and unsuccessfully on a couple of different platforms. Uh, we sold the company in 2019 and now we are, I'm building a new one and also I I partnered up with David, um, as you might know. So I'm involved in two projects, and these are my full-time commitments now. So that's a brief backstory. I, I guess about Support Hero we can talk about later. So I just wanted to go through to the no, whole part. That is, that is fantastic. Yeah, if, if I'm not wrong right now, you are. Uh, yeah, I think your company is uh, Contact Dome, if I recall correctly. Yeah. And uh, you, you're also uh, working on uh, Referral Magic. Am I correct? Yes. All right, super cool. Yeah, I, I remember about referral magic. I think you guys got number one on Product Hunt in the first week or something like that. Yeah. So after after I sold the, the support hero, um, I had these problems. I didn't know how to reconnect with um, peers from business side. So not basically people that I want to sell something, but you know, people that can help each other. Like you, like yourself, like David, like uh, David can sell from Drift, and you know other guys from from the from the SaaS um, ecosystem. And I, I start making myself the um, spreadsheet with uh, names and where where did they meet you, how are you connected, and it was you know uh, you can imagine a lot of pain because um, you cannot run your personal relationship management tool in in the spreadsheets. So we've started thinking about how can we create an app? What, how does it look like? And 
we we went back and said okay let's let's talk to people first so we start uh, we started talking with business partners and then people to get the sense who is the right market and yeah in april we we had a roadmap we start building the product we are launching uh, next week hopefully and um, yeah in meantime um, we were um, on the other side working together with david um, and yeah co-founded referral magic with mert and sam as well they already had the product so product was basically we didn't build it from scratch but uh, david uh, and i just joined the team as a co-founder so trying to push push it and yeah that's why we the first the first launch was on product hunt it was super successful number one i did a couple of launches before but never we were never number one so this was a great success <laughs> nice yeah this is one under your belt now you can say okay yeah i delivered one number one product pun uh, product <laughs> so that's gonna be super cool Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Support Hero because that is, I think, quite some of the people who are listening, they may are they may be thinking about possibly exiting from the business down the line. So you've had an experience, you've exited from Support Hero in 2019 this year. What are some of the you know major problems you faced prior to that exit? You know, how did you even get to that state? That's a good question. If you ask me this half a year ago, I would probably say something different. <laughs> okay. um, yeah, first, I mean, you have to be ready to show the market what's your value and that somebody will just invest in you and acquire your company. So somehow you have to have a product market fit. You have to have customers. They will ask you for certain numbers, like uh, what's your churn? Shouldn't be 10%. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What are your numbers? Are you profitable? Uh, How much money are you making um, annually? Um, And um, yeah, then, uh, it depends how you how you sell your company. Are you looking for to be sold, or um, somebody approaches you? You have a different negotiations tactics. But uh, for us, it was um, we were growing. I think seven or eight percent per month. Uh, so yeah, we were bootstrapping from day one. Uh, we didn't have any investors, and um, yeah, for the bootstrap company. We should grow faster, but growing six, seven percent for the last year for us it was a pain because we were trying to to try different tactics to get you know to this fifteen percent per month. So you can see um, a different curve. But on the other side, to, due to the, the let's say slow growth, we had great numbers. Uh, we didn't we didn't uh, lose any customers. I think for the last year our churn rate was one point five or one point eight percent, which is pretty great for for a SaaS company. And uh, one more thing, the problem that we had was we know how to sell to SMEs, so to small businesses, but we didn't know how to sell to enterprise. And my huge mistake at the beginning was pushing to enterprise uh, customers. So, you know, selling to people that when, when you have a meeting, you have meeting with on three different screens and there are like five people from their side or maybe I don't know, even more. So, and, and when, once we got first um, prospect, uh, an enterprise customer, I was, oh, that's great. Now we, we are entering the enterprise uh, space. And my, my mentor, Raphael Tid from Paris, he said, no, look, please learn and stay in the in, in one segment, you're too small to just play around and be enterprise startup ish and whatever. And I, I didn't listen. And I was closing this prospect for 18 months. After 18 months, they never replied back. So wow. I learned my lesson that uh, stick for what you know and the market that you know and the customers that you know. And then, of course, at the end, the buyer actually bought us because they knew how to enter the enterprise 
market segment. So this was their incentive to 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 enter with the support hero to go to the enterprise segment. So yeah, that was basically we started selling the company in November, and the end was March March two thousand nineteen. So it was pretty pretty fast. No, that's pretty cool. So so. In fact, like I think, like along the way prior to that, and that, by the way, that was super useful. I think that I think like the part where you talked about uh, sticking to your segment, especially when you when you first start, I think that is so crucial because you you already know what's kind of working for you, and just replicating that and scaling to a more, I guess, stable situation for the company. I think that really helps a lot of people build that foundation before they start, you know, dabbling, like you said, into different segments and kind of expanding that out. So I think that's really helpful that you you've shared that. Now. What other kinds of uh, problems did you did you you know face while you were running support hero? I think you 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 have some key highlights that you wanted to bring up, and that um, you know if you could share what those problems were before we dive into the solutions. Okay, um, yeah. So first, the first problem was this enterprise, and my uh, I was too stubborn and not to listen to to advisors. And on on the other side of the spectrum, we try to uh, get a lot of um, startup customers, which is again not a good uh, tactic because they churn pretty quickly. So if now I would just have one pricing tier, maybe two pricing tiers. Uh, at that time, we have four, and it was really complex. So my advice would be just keep it simple. Pricing should be simple, simple to understand because, you know, you don't want people to ask you, oh, I don't understand your pricing on the call. It should be really simple if you can do it simple. So for us, uh, for support here, I would definitely just uh, skip um, startup plan and then keep the medium and large plan for, for testing. And definitely I would, for the first two or three years, I would kill enterprise pricing. I don't want any enterprise company near me because I don't know how to handle them. And um, it's not where we want to go because on the other side, you have SMEs and they're paying you. They're not churning. The sales cycle is, is, um, is, is, is short and uh, they're not a lot of decision makers. So it's much easier for you to get revenue. It's not that you don't want enterprise companies, but it's, it's a smart business because when you're small, you have to decide where you're going. The next part was, um, what, what, was what, are, what are the problems? Um, I mean, we did a lot of mistakes, so it was not really a problem. For example, we launched on AppSumo, and after AppSumo, we launched on Product Hunt, and after that, we, we, we tried to um, implement referral program, which was mm. totally... It didn't make any sense, because first, you have to implement a referral program and then drive traffic to your site. And the same went for uh, onboarding. So our onboarding was, you know, when first you, you try to get a lot of customers and you, you don't bother to have a perfect onboarding because if you have 100 visitors per, per day, you don't need an architecture of, you know, 50 emails because you don't have enough traffic. Mm-hmm. But once when, when we launch an AppSumo, you get hundreds of thousands of users, uh, visitors getting to your site. And that at that time, you have to have your uh, conversion um, fixed. So on-site and with onboarding. So we did this mistake that we didn't fix it before we launched, before we drive a lot of traffic. And the biggest mistake was we didn't have the referral program in place before we launched it. So we launched it and then we said, oh, let's try with the referral program. And then we were implementing the referral program for one month. And then, you know, Epsom users, they slowly churn, so you don't have the user base. And actually, after six months, we we didn't get any conversion from the referral program. I'm talking about problems now. Uh, it was not only the problems, but I think this is useful what we learned from, from it. Apart from the problems, I had a great, great, great co-founder 
which is really important. And um, I didn't know it before. So when I was building my first company, I just, I mean, hey, you want to, you want to go in the, in the company with me? Let's do it. I didn't even think about that. It's really important. Who are you building company with or who you want to employ? But here I think I was, and what one side I was lucky, but on the other side, when I'm thinking back is if you're building trust and good relationships with people, then these people introduce you to people that also they are trustworthy and that you have a better chance that um, you end up with with an employee or co-founder that is trustworthy. So my story when, when I was at Codable, I pitched to Neil Patel um, that we should do the podcast or webinar together. And Neil Patel got back to me and say, hey, okay, it's a good idea. This is Vasil Lazaro, talk with him. And at the time, Vasil um, texted me back and say, hey, uh, if you want to meet, I'm in London. And yeah, we can talk about the, the, the webinar. And at that time, I didn't have a lot of money. I, I didn't have money for traveling. But um, I somehow think this is, a, this is a good idea. So I uh, talked to my boss and say, hey, in two days, I have to go in London. I want to close this customer. It was not a customer. It was just a, you know, a podcast. And, and he said, yeah, of course, just go. And this is how the relationship started. So we are friends for now for, what, six, five years. We were working together on two conferences, or even three conferences, small meetups. And he introduced me to my mentor and co-founder. So going back, I think it's, you know, founders, we, after you sell the company or after a success, you think that this was a lot of times that it was, uh, it was luck, but it was not luck. It was building relationship on the long run, doing extra work every day, you know, running extra mile or working extra minute. And this is when you, when it compounds through months and years, it looks like, Oh, you got lucky. No, I think it was, you know, this work that pays off after, after a certain, a certain time. No, and, and I and I completely uh, completely agree with that because I think one of the biggest things that I that I'm seeing, like even for our for ourselves while we're growing the company, relationships are so important because when you build really strong partnerships, a lot of times, like the best thing is always the word of mouth, where someone knows they've worked with you and they understand. Okay, cool. You know, like like uh, for example, like like they really like using Support Hero, for example, or LTV Plus or whatever. Uh, they will naturally recommend people, and then people already have that idea that okay, you're trusted because they know you know the, the the middle person that you get both both of you know the mutual person, sorry. And then, you know, I think like, like it just relationships are just such an important part of business that it's just like, we're seeing so much more of that as well. Everyone's like, like, you know, talking about outbound sales to build relationships with cold prospects, but also a lot of people are just, you know, like you mentioned, building up partnerships, referrals. And that's like really one really crew, I think really key part of growing a business at this stage. Yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, and it's also, you have to admit that relationships in general are one of the most important things that we have in life. I mean, you can have a lot of money and no relationship. It's not, it's not uh, something that we just want to talk to look nice, but it's, it's definitely true. I mean, I just, I got the baby two months ago and when I see her smile, you cannot, I mean, you cannot bribe me with anything because you know, and we are, establishing the relationship with, with her, but it, it's the same with friends or business partners. You, you build relationships on the long run and it, it, it will pay off and you are not building relationships that because you want somebody to pay you off, but you build relationships because it, it feels good. It's maybe it's a little bit selfish because, but you know, I think it's one of the most important things uh, when you're building the business. 
No, that I couldn't agree more. Offer value, help people, build relationships yeah. out of like coming. So, so the one thing I think David like like uh, shared a lot, and I really believe in is acting out of love, not out of fear. And I think really that 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 core value that we run even in the company, uh, I really really believe in that. Just creating value, helping people, building relationships, and that's it. Because at the end of the day, everyone benefits. So, yeah. you know, I think that's the best way to go. In fact, I think like like uh, just partially digressing a little bit, um, coming back to you know uh, your your time with Support Hero and your other businesses. Uh, what's the? Well, I think we were talking about this briefly just now, and you mentioned about a, a north star metric of sorts for 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 each startup. So, what what would you recommend? Um, and maybe you could give some some examples, like for for yourself, for your different companies, like what the north star metric was for you. What were those for you, and how would you rec- like? What would you recommend? other founders to, to, to do to look for this metric. Yeah. yeah. So for us was, um, first of all, we didn't know what is the North Star metric uh, for the first year. Then it was a um, safe ticket, basically. It was a it was North, North Star metric because once the client saw, oh, I just saved a ticket and I got the information what this prospect or, or customer were looking for. <gasps> okay, that's a deal breaker. But we, we find our North Star metric by talking to clients. So I think it's an um, intersection of three things. Um, talking to customers, getting the, your data, and just using your common sense when, when you're interpreting all of this. Yeah, and yeah, try okay. to listen to customers, I would say first. Because, from, again, from my perspective, uh, the, one of the, um, the problems and one of the mistakes that I did was I said, no, no, I know better than customers. And, and these were two reasons. First was, you know, Steve Jobs said, yeah, don't listen to customers because uh, they don't know what they want. He was right, but he was Steve Jobs. Um, <laughs> and, and the second thing is, uh, I, my, it was my ego saying me, oh, you know more, it's your product, you should know more. Yes and no. You should know more what is the vision of the product and the company, but getting the feedbacks from the customers, it's, it's really, really important. And again, you have to take this co- customer feedback with caution. You have to know who are the customers. I don't want to go back to small, medium, and large plans. But if you're building a product for SMEs, don't ask customers that are not willing to pay you because they, you know, I'm um, so that's why I mean, have the, com- the, the, the some common sense when you, when you are doing the, the interviews. No, I completely couldn't agree more. Coming from the CX, uh, coming from the CX field, I couldn't agree more. Customer feedback is just so important because you you discover things that that you, you like you said you otherwise wouldn't have thought of, right? So it's like, oh, they're they're actually more interested in this, and then you just kind of like cater towards that, and that actually helps. Sorry, can I give you a hack? So, and usually yeah. it's really hard to to talk with customers. I mean, not hard to talk with customers. It's, Oh no, I will do it tomorrow. It's easier to set Facebook campaign because you're alone and you can do whatever you want. And, and people usually don't want to talk with customers. And, and here are basically two, two things. What, what I noticed is first, it's a huge advantage because if people don't want to do it and you are doing it, it's a, maybe it's, you are, um, it's advantage, a small advantage. And, and the second thing is usually we that are building products, we are a lot of time just working with the computer and you're not networking a lot enough. You don't have this social interaction. And if you do one call in the morning with the customer, it gives you the energy for the whole day. So I started doing this, the demo calls, 
early in the morning, if it's possible, because if you have U.S. customers and you're based in Europe, then it's 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 you have to wait for your first call by five or six in the in the evening. But just have just one call, ask customers what they need, just make a notes, or maybe they will say to you, "Hey, your product is perfect. Um, nothing else to say. Just thumbs up." And I mean, you will get a lot of energy through the day. So this was my little hack. So I tried to to do it in the morning. And and it, and it works. So now I try to get um, so four days per week. I have open for demos or calls, and I have one day for deep work. So I try to avoid any not urgent calls or meetings. Okay. No. So just to kind of reiterate that that hack. So to get energy for the day and also to get you started with getting customer feedback, you could set up calls earlier in the day so that kind of jump starts your engine, feeding mm-hmm. off the energy of you know just speaking with customers and get drawing upon that energy that you get from just sharing about your product or service. I think that's a brilliant hack. I think that anyone should should just test this out. Even I should probably test that out because <laughs> uh, we do we do have customers in the evening I, and I can kind of understand you know like at, at some point like you know how how draining the day might be, but like yeah. I think I think once we start having more customers in Asia, that might help too. <laughs> I mean, we typically just kind of jump in with uh, with the internal calls in the morning. But I, I love that. I love that jump start in the morning. I think that's a brilliant idea. Now, when you were talking about, uh, you know, like if other people kind of want to learn, like learn more or grow as a startup founder in you know in SaaS or any other business, what are some of the books, tools, or resources that you could recommend them to check out? Uh, um, yeah. I have basically three tiers, four tiers of books. So first is business books, philosophy, um, and then I have autobiography books or biography books. And going back to the times that I didn't have this structure, how I read, I just read what what was, I don't know, I, looked interesting to me. And then I started reading autobiographies, for example, you know, Phil Knight, um, now Nike founder. And, and I noticed that you can learn, and I think this is a well-known um, uh, saying, that you can learn from your mistakes or from mistakes of others. And you don't want to learn from your mistakes every day <laughs> because you can die. I mean, it's, it's, it's not really a way to go. Darwin would definitely agree with me here. And, and if you learn from mistakes of others, you can learn from, from books or from mentors. So if Phil Nikes wrote a book about uh, how they build the company, I mean, it's a, hey, it's 30 bucks and you will get one idea for 30 bucks. It's priceless. I mean, that's, that's priceless. And, and, and also, if you read books from founders like... Um, uh, Moz founder Rand Fishkin. I was I, then I I, I sent um, the tweet to him um, after I was I finished the book. But I was smiling. I was anxious. Oh my god, it's not that easy. And I was crying at the same time when I was reading the book. So it's first you get a lot of knowledge and then you get you know a lot of emotion. So going back, um, why is it important? Because you don't want to be the douchebag who is really successful and stupid. Sorry for, for the um, <laughs> no wording, worries. but, but I think it's really important that you and your values and your ego and the way you think grows with your business. Because if you're multimillionaire or whatever, you're super successful. And on the other side, you, your heart and head and you know, your knowledge didn't grow. You can be a problem to the world. And for the entrepreneurs, we have to bring value and help people. So that's why it's really important to read and to educate yourself and also employees to get the knowledge. So I, I, I try to read 
business books to get the knowledge about, you know, how to do the sales properly. I try to read uh, biography books from um, Frank Getty, from Phil Knight, from Steve Jobs, from my Alibaba founder to see how they, they struggle at the beginning and then what was all the these, um, problems that they faced and they never, they never gave up. So this was really important for me. And, and the second thing is that you know that they were, in, and they were at the same point as you are now, or maybe you were at the beginning, which gives you more energy. And because, okay, uh, Alibaba founder was not from the rich family. So we, we, we had the same starting point. And it gives you thinking, okay, so he was, it was basically his mindset. And of course, timing and, you know, right time, right business partners. But the base was the same. So yeah, that's, that's my, um, but you have to, you have to, come to the conclusion that reading books is really important by your own. Nobody can force you into that. If you go to school and they force you read, 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 they will probably hate reading. So I think you have to do it on your own. And then yeah, I think you become more humble mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, every day you know that you don't know a lot. And then it's just, sometimes I just want to shut up <laughs> and say, okay, no, I, this is not a discussion for me. Maybe it's, uh, it's I don't want to feel stupid. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The more you read, the more you feel that you, you that you don't know anything. No, <laughs> that, that is true. And I think like uh, that that's a part of it because like, there's so much information to learn and it's, it's just crazy like to, to assume that you would ever like be able to attain all that knowledge like like in a short period of time. It's it's just mind boggling. But what what is the what is the current book that you're reading right now? I'm reading a baby book now. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. uh, I, I was before I was reading um, Principles from Ray Dalio, and now I'm reading uh, How Baby Brains Works. But before, uh, I don't know. The, the last book that I remember that changed my thinking was Plato's Republic. For example, mm. I read it twice now, um, and it's yeah, basic human questions. Um, and all the you know Western philosophy is based on Socrates and Plato, so it's. Uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. And it's really, it's, it's, it's scary when you, when you start getting the books, like 2000 years old books, because, oh, I will not understand this. But then when you're reading, it's really simple. It's talking about what is justice? Um, what is the right system? Oh, okay, let's, let's talk. Okay, let's see. So, yeah, but now I'm more in baby books. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, your, that's your new startup that you have to work on. <laughs> eventually, eventually it become an enterprise. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's, that's crazy. No, but, but Hey, congratulations again, man. That's, Thank that's you. wow. Yeah. I think David told me like, uh, like, uh, I'm not sure if he mentioned it like casually. I was like, Oh really? It's like, uh, I'm not sure if I texted you at that time, but yeah, this, it's, it's, it's just so amazing. Well, you know, uh, in line with kind of like, you know, I think you kind of shared your life's philosophy and how you go about education. Like, do you have a personal mission statement for yourself? Not one, maybe a couple of them. Um, I think I try to to work hard, harder than other people, and or, or harder than people think I should work. I think we should be doers, not talkers, at least not too much. And and in terms of business and also in terms of life, I think you have to find um, the intersection between uh, what you're good at, where do you enjoy working, and where can you provide the value for others. Of course, you have to provide value first for yourself, the family and others, because you cannot do it for others. You know, it doesn't make sense, but that's, um, and, and yeah, taking, of course, if you're, if you're a startup founder, taking risks, 
and trying to see, I mean, you have to take risks and everything will be fine at the end. Just don't jump without the, the parachute out of the plane. Um, but <laughs> everything will be fine. Um, and also when I was young, I didn't believe that it's really, um, it's really working. But as I mentioned before, the compound effect. So if you do something every day better for at least just one millimeter, it, it will really um, pay you back um, in, in, on the long run. And, and that's, that's working for your health, for your money, for your business, um, for your relationships, for everything. So, yeah. Um, sorry, I don't have one mission statement. And, oh, this is, this is a good one. I always forget about that. Um, so I'm from a small country. And, you know, in a small country, it's usually it's like that, that every, not everybody, but if you're in, working in one sector, people know each other and people get jealous and people talk about you and you know and there is a good saying that um, if you want to go to um, if you have a goal and you want to get to this goal and if you if you will throw stones in every uh, dog that will um, bark at you you will never get to the goal this is now the translation but um, I think it's true so you have to sometimes just look away if, if somebody's trying to bully you I know it's it's easy to say, but it's it's not that it's not that easy to to just uh, I don't I don't think about them. But yeah, you have to do it um, because in the end you're on your own and you have to somehow just focus on that goal. All right. No, I think that's that's very good advice. Just stay 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 your course, no matter how hard it gets. Don't don't yeah. listen to the naysayers or people who get jealous. Yeah, I, I think that's practical yeah. advice. And yeah, so that's another tip there from from Matitz as well. So pay pay attention, stay on, stay focused on your goal. Don't care about the little uh, shiny stuff and all the what do you call that green monsters. I'm not sure what's the word. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly, was, yeah. exactly. And yeah. it's not only for people that talk uh, bad about you. It's also you know if you are on a diet, just uh, just just don't go to McDonald's. It's not worth it. If, if I don't know, you know, sometimes you have to sacrifice some things for a bigger goal, mm-hmm. and and that's that's normal. Uh, so, yeah. No, I completely agree with that. Now, if someone wants, someone might have some more questions, they might want to maybe pick your brains on. You know, uh, what's a good way to connect with you or your company? Yeah, to through direct email or Twitter, um, Facebook, anywhere. My my email is uh, my name at uh, 50 sascom yeah you can tweet send me the message on facebook or just email i prefer emails for uh for business but yeah sure sounds good yeah well we'll, we'll be listing the email uh in the uh, post as well so i think that way people can can get that so that but that, but that's good thanks thanks for opening that part up well, I think that about wraps it up for our episode. So thanks a lot for your time, Matits. Your insights are definitely going to help a lot of our viewers and listeners. And I think even I myself had learned a lot just from having a chat with you as well. So it's, it's been fun. And thanks for, thanks for your time. Thanks. Uh, thanks for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking with you. Yep. Same here. Same here. All right. So thank you for tuning in and subscribing to the How We Solve podcast. And that's it. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. 
dominate your market, and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.